Welcome to episode four of Lori Can Explore, a podcast where we extract the story juice from the rich veins that the writers left behind. My name is Corbin. My name's Josh. All right, Corbin, that was a fantastic summary of what we do here on the podcast. I appreciate it. Do you want to give us what the episode's about today? Well, the episode today is about the Bee Movie, famous Jerry Seinfeld comedy. Jumping into the background information, the Bee Movie was directed by Simon J. Smith and Steve Hickner, and it was released in 2007. Corbin, do you want to give us a summary? Well... So the bee, Barry B. Benson, he goes outside of the hive because he wants to be a honey jock and he doesn't want to do anything else. Then he runs into a human and the human's like, what's up? Or, well, he's like, you like jazz. And she's like, ah! And then they develop a relationship, I guess. And then the bee guy, Barry B. Benson, finds out about honey farms and then evil beekeepers. And then he sues the entire human race for all the honey. And then they don't pollinate anymore. Then it turns into an apocalypse movie. And then they fix the apocalypse movie by pollinating the flowers. Fantastic. And how would you rate the B movie on a scale from 1 to 10? 3. The voice acting is surprisingly bad. It's very fun to meme on, but it's like... Vanessa Bloom, one of the main characters, sounds like she's constantly slurring her words, and it's very distracting. And I don't know why. It's just annoying. Yeah, and the plot doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and nothing's very cohesive. It's just like Jerry Seinfeld had a couple of B puns and decided to make a movie about yeah, it. Yeah, and he was Jerry Seinfeld, so it got made. It's very fun to meme on, as anyone who knows what the B movie is would know, considering it's a meme, basically. All right, well, let's start breaking down the lore of the B movie. Our first topic is a very broad one called How Do Bees Work? Through very careful deduction, we concluded that bees in the movie are in fact different than bees in our world. Uh, and that was because it's shown they cannot fly in rain. Because. Get, get it? Because. Oh. <laughs> like a bee like pun. Like a bee pun. Expect a lot of those. You're so creative and funny. <laughs> I, I, I am so grateful. I have such a funny co-host on this podcast. Yes. That I could constantly be laughing in tears on the floor, just dying of laughter, uh, because you're just so funny. Because and that's just such a new joke I've never heard in my life before. <laughs> Sorry, I can't keep this bit going. <laughs> you said because again. <laughs> All right. All right. What were you saying, Josh? I just said that we can tell they aren't bees like our world because they can't fly in rain. In the movie, Barry B. Benson's like, oh, I'm flying around having a great time. Oh, no, rain. And then he's like, got to get back to the hive. And he, Pew! but then the range actually like, pew, pew, pew. and he's like, ah, I'm going down. Then he kind of sputters like an aeroplane, like, pew, 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 and he crash lands in Vanessa Bloom's apartment. Yes. However... That's not how bees and rain work in our world. You see, Corbin, rain's annoying for bees because they use the sun for navigation, right? And it can kind of slow them down. And if the water drops are real, real big, it can break their wings. Well, see, that's kind of what happens in the movie, though. They don't go into a weird tumble like they're an airplane, though. Yeah, that's fair. Because bees don't fly like planes. But in their world, maybe bees... Fly like planes. I don't... Well, maybe, because they seem to go quite fast. Yeah, in some scenes they do go over like 30 miles an hour. 
or more because they keep up with cars. Yeah, so it, it, it's obviously a struggle for them to keep up with cars, but they they can book it. What's the speed of a bee in real life? Uh, a real bees can fly 15 to 20 miles per hour. So not quite as No, so fast. these bees are obviously like hyper bees. Well, they might also fly more like planes because the very first line in the movie, that according to the known laws of physics, that bees shouldn't be able to fly, that's just wrong because bees should be able to fly. They're not like breaking the laws of physics or anything by flying. Yeah, otherwise their laws of physics would be wrong. They wouldn't be able to fly if they were flying like an airplane did, though. Oh, maybe they just land different than planes. Yeah. And they still fly the same. And because their wing size isn't big enough or something, they are some sort of freaks of defying physics. There also are interspecies relationships in the movie. Like, Barry somehow has a relationship with a human woman, and that just works somehow. He's her little bed bug. (laughs) (laughs) As the lawyer... Mr. Montgomery would say. <laughs> they never are shown to have any romantic interests, I don't think. No, that's a lie. No, she definitely leaves Ken for him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it is mentioned that Barry B. Benson has an uncle, I think it's Larry or something, who had a relationship with a cricket. Oh, yeah. So crickets aren't that weird to me, but like being human... Out of all the bee puns they make in the movie, they had the perfect opportunity to make a bestiality pun, and they just didn't. It's a children's movie. I don't think they would make that. Okay, that's fair. You got me on that one. All right. Bee knowledge. This schooling system must suck. There are definitely limits to bee understanding of the world. And it doesn't seem to just be limited to individuals and what they've encountered in the world. Okay. So there seems to be some sort of collective bee knowledge or something that's passed on through the schooling system, but not a lot of stuff, apparently. Because, yeah, they don't know about glass. I've noticed that. Because when he encounters glass in Vanessa's apartment, he's confused by it, and he says, diabolical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you think that would be an important one to teach him. Yeah, so, hmm. I think think what happens is that any bee who would run into glass is killed. So they don't really know about these certain things. Like, these certain things that they don't know about that any bee would normally encounter usually dies. Because if you see a bee is going to a tennis court, they're attracted by the tennis balls and they die. If a bee is going to glass, they're usually in the city or in an apartment and they probably get killed, you know? Because most pollinating would be outside. But it would seem to be most of them, but there's got to be some that make it back. Like, out of all bees, you don't think any of them would know about glass? Maybe they're labeled as conspiracy theorists or, like, crazy bees who've gotten out and, like, gotten infected by the humans, I guess. I don't know. We got another issue, and that's bee technology. There's a lot of it. We see a lot of stuff in the beehive. It's kind of their own makeshift little world in there. With all sorts of technology that's all powered by honey. They must have found some way to harness the sugar and honey to convert it into energy. Like our bodies do. I think that's how their technology works. You think it still applies the same way? I mean, they already changed physics. Why not change everything? Well, I mean, we still they may change physics a little bit. But I think, well, how else would honey power everything? They put honey in their cars. 
Honey is an energy source on its own, I well, guess. Well, it has... Honey just does everything. Honey is electricity 2.0. Because it's, it's what they eat, it's what they drink, it's what they put in their cars, it's what they inject into dying bees. But there has to be some reason why it only works for bees and not for humans. Or other species or everything else would be using honey for technology. They haven't harnessed the power of honey yet. They don't realize the power of honey. You feel like by the year 2007, no one would have tested honey for (laughs) how good it was at conducting electricity. (laughs) No tests on honey have been done in the world. Or or maybe it only works on a small, very, very, very small scale, you know? Scales. I feel like honey has to be able to do its own thing. Different than that you could use... Honey has to be able to do something that you couldn't use anything else for. Maybe there's maybe there's an extra chemical in the honey that that's only in the honey or something that powers the stuff. So are we gonna go ahead and say that honey in this world has some sort of extra properties that make it usable by bees? Yes, I think, but not by humans. Yeah, it only works on a smaller scale. Is that how do bees make money, and what does that look like? Like, what is bee currency? I think it's implied early on that pollen is bee currency because, like, some pollen falls off the honey jocks, right, in the beginning of the movie and Barry pockets it. But what if pollen is just worth a lot of money? Is pollen actually the currency? Because we never see anyone dealing pollen. We never see people, like, carry around pollen to use in some sort of transaction. But we transaction. never see any transactions, though. So, like... Wait, let's look at the bee jobs, right? All right. There's a whole system. You have to pick your yeah. job, right? There's like, oh, there's a lot of them. Every job is accounted for. Every single bee that has every job, and they know exactly the moment every bee dies and everything, yeah. right? What if all of your, everything about your life, your identity, all of your money is all digital? Oh, I see. There's not a single bit of, uh, like, physical currency. And everything is, I want this thing, and it's just automatically deducted. Mm, interesting. Bee, yeah, I think I think every bee might have, like, a chip or, like, honey nanobots. No. I don't think they... No, it's nothing's on you. Everything's in the system. Everyone's money's in the system, so you don't have to bring your money. There's no, like, bank accounts. It's all one So it's system. just communism? A kind of. I mean, it's all run by the state. Or, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's run by the state. I say it's run by the corporations. Well, it's all under the orders of the queen. Yeah. So are the corporations state-owned, or are they... They're very likely state-owned. So from the jobs, we also see some sort of caste system that might exist. Like, the pollen jocks might be at the top. They're the ones everybody wants to be, right? And they're, like, office jobs, and they're stirrers. Yeah. I Every bee seems to be happy with what they did. Except for Barry. Every bee seems to be content, you know? Okay, maybe this is like a 1984 scenario where Barry is the only one to, like, question the government or to question anything. And everybody else is just happily complying. Because, um, I remember in the movie they talk about how Barry's, like, how terrible stirring a job is. Because he remembers sometimes his father came home still stirring because he was just doing that all hours of the day. So he's still motioning the stirring, you know? And, like, that's pretty terrible. And the tour guide... At the beginning of the movie, even says we're we're happy to work you to death. Like that's the yeah. goal. You work until you die. So it seems for the state as well. Is this like a 1984 type movie about bees? Maybe the subtext of this movie is like about dictatorship and how it can 
work their workers to death, and that's just your life. So they say the queen bee is elected, which there was a whole whole series of questions. Because how are they a queen and elected? Maybe that's just what they call their leader. And what powers does the queen bee have? In the because when they go into when Barry B. Benson goes into the pollen camps or the whatever or not the pollen camps, the bee camps, like the, with the beekeepers, it said, oh, we must follow our queen, you know? And uh, so I think that, like, that follow means implies, like, they have literally have to obey the queen. I think the bees are, like, there's some sort of biological thing where they must follow their queen. And they... Is it biological or is it just conditioning? It might, actually, it might be conditioning. That's better. I think that's a more logical explanation. Because this this fits with our narrative of, like, bee totalitarianism. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure um, the, maybe the bee elections are staged because... Oh. Or every, it's the illusion of choice. Yeah. So, speaking of, like, bee government, like, the bee laws, they, they mentioned there's only one bee law, like, concrete is no talking to humans. Yes. Is that common between all bees in every colony? Because it sounds like it. And if so, how did this law get formed as well? Maybe so the humans wouldn't... I don't know. Were bees flying between hives and being like, hey, can we agree on this? And then somehow all flying back around the world. Yeah, I think... Uh, or there has to... Or are all the hives have some sort of interconnected communication system. And it's not just one beehive filled with totalitarianism it's all beehives collectively keeping the bees oh, down geez. that be that'd be a conspiracy <laughs> be a conspiracy it's a bee world order um <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know where to go from that i think they all agreed not to talk to humans to keep their bee society a secret so they're not interfered with you know because we see that once bee or humans know that bees can talk they're kind of like annoying, I guess. He loved Beeg. Beeg, but can they can they talk to other animals? I think they can. It seems like they can talk to other animals because they do talk to mosquitoes or other bugs or insects. And at the end of the movie, Barry is also seen talking to a cow, and there doesn't seem to be any fuss. Well, that's after bees have already, or the bee already broke the one rule, so I don't think we can... Do you think that caused, like, an abolition of all bee laws? I don't though? know about all bee... Maybe that one, but not all bee laws. So we're going to say that bee law number one, no talking to humans, is collective amongst yes. all bees? So I think they can talk to other animals because, back going back to the uncle, he had a relationship with a grasshopper, so... Are there other bee laws? Because... It says it's the number one bee law. Does that mean there are others? There has to be other bee laws, but we can't be sure what they are. They must be like mundane stuff or like stuff that's not really. Well, maybe they are like, don't question anything. Always follow orders. Follow. It's got to following the queen has got to be like. Bee yeah, no talking two. to humans. And then I'm surprised no talking to humans <laughs> is over. <laughs> well, I know why no talking to humans, because that would put a whole end to the whole totalitarianism yeah because maybe they might get other ideas from talking to humans and stuff well and humans would see what's going on and it would put one bee like elevate one bee over his place as a worker uh, yeah so i assume if b movie 2 would ever be made i can assume it would just start with the assassination of barry b benson for rising up out of the ranks 
I'm going to build on the theory that bees are all trapped in some collective totalitarianism. Since we established that there is some sort of communication between all beehives, some sort of network, then all bees should have all knowledge of stuff like glass or anything. But it seems maybe the knowledge is being kept from bees in case one bee gets too far out or too close to humans that they're way more likely to die. Oh, to keep the bees down. Yeah, to keep them down, to keep them oppressed. That would explain the limited knowledge. It's all the bee government. They're keeping all the bees down. And Barry's the only one with individual thought, it seems. No one else even bothers questioning the government or anything that the bees are being told or that you have one job and we're going to work you to death. Yeah. Because you never have someone ask, why do you just have one job until you die? Only Barry asks Inter- that. He, 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 break, he broke out of the collective. He's broken the cycle. Hmm. I wonder what future implications that will have on the bee totalitarianism. Barry shut it down because now that humans knew that bees are intelligent creatures and capable of thought and speech, they can no longer keep the other bees down because the humans are maybe keeping a watchful eye over them or bees could just go to the humans and be like, hey, I maybe don't like this. Maybe don't like that I'm being worked to death or something. But the issue is they go back to work at the end of the movie. They realized their lives outside of the totalitarianism were nothing because none of them even knew how to make individual and unique thoughts. Like, they only knew how to be one of the hive. It's, it's a hive mind, some would say. <laughs> yes. Are we gonna are we gonna use that thing? I think B we can accept B to Tyler to 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 The B We can accept the theory of B totalitarianism because it's the one that makes the most sense and it kinda glues everything together. Now that we've developed a social idea to work off, and we've talked about B biology, B government, and that sort of thing, let's get into the court case. Because for a children's movie, they spent a surprisingly long amount of time in court. It was kind of weird and whack. Yeah, and the best part is, nothing works the way it should in our world. Oh boy, that's fun for us. Because in the bee world, you can just sue the entire human race. The news just kind of grabs its, or suing the human race as kind of like a catchy headline, but it ends up to be more realistic to just suing the companies. So do we want to just keep listing things that are different than our world? Or are we going to try to come up with some sort of legal system? I don't think I want to kind of come up with a legal system. We'll just say it's different somehow. There's probably like a set of rules where you could sue a bunch of folks and like bees are there because that's then all the cows and then all the bears and everything are going to sue humans because they're currently all considered like chattel property right i guess because wait shouldn't the case be that they're just sentient and capable of intelligent thought like humans so that they shouldn't be considered property more and going back to my thing before no one seems surprised they're intelligent they're just surprised that they can talk that's fair. So maybe humans were knowingly keeping bees and all other species, which also seem to be intelligent, down to keep themselves at the top? I don't know, because maybe. Is the bee movie just a movie a bunch of conspiracy theories? I guess, like... Like all humans are keeping all the other species, which are just as intelligent as them, down. Here's what I think. 
you know how they're somehow representing all bees yes. in the trial? And but only that hive shows up? Yeah. Humans are so dead set on keeping the world order in place okay. that they don't even want any other hives to know about this. Yeah, because it... Like, of course, through their, like, network communication, the queens, of course, all know, but they're desperately trying to hold on to their power and keep that illusion. Yes. By so this... this. So it seems that he's only changed the lives of one hive. All their bees are still oppressed. Yeah, so they need to rise up. See, that's that's the scary part about totalitarianism. The thought won't even occur to anyone to rise <sighs> up. Wild. Anyways, be history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a transition that yeah, was. Well, it's kind of depressing to think about that too much. Yeah, um, a Jerry Seinfeld movie filled with bee puns is actually about the horrors of totalitarianism. And how, how to maybe break out of it. But ending this podcast on a happier note, bee history. It's kind of whack, right? They got bee Columbus, bee Gandhi, and bee Jesus. Yeah, this seems to be a recurring theme that we have in about every episode now. Does the Bee movie have the same history as we do? I think this hive in New York has been lasting for a long time, and it's gone through a lot. So I think all these characters have come from the same hive. So, like, they had Bee Jesus, Bee Gandhi, and Bee Columbus... Oh no, I have a darker oh, no. theory. What is your darker theory? <laughs> Totalitarianism. Oh no, I thought we were getting away from that. The queens, with their system of communication, yes. have complete knowledge of the human world, yes. right? So human history, they want it to seem like they're people, or bees, who do new and exciting and adventurous oh. things. But really, they're just orchestrating the same repetition of the human world. I see. So they see or hear about Columbus in the human world, and they just recreate that. They hear about Gandhi in the human world, they recreate that as well. That, was, that would also explain Lee, B. Larry King, because some B, like Barry B. Benson, seems to know the real Larry King exists at the same time as B. Larry King. And also, no, most totalitarian governments need, like, a scapegoat, you know? Yes, what's the scapegoat? Bears. The, the bears. bears, Josh. Bees hate bees bears. Hate bears. So then the government is using bears as like, ah, they're the bad guys. Let's blame all of our problems on bears. Yeah, that's even a condition in their settlement against humans when they win the lawsuit. They want bears to be regarded as, like, terrible. Yeah. All right, we solved the B movie. Easy. Easy peasy. Totalitarianism, done. Easy. More like it. Beezy. <laughs> oh, we made it through this episode without even making too many bee puns. Well, there would have been more, but in editing, there's probably going to be much less. Because jo Josh is a coward. <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps up this episode. Before you buzz off, I thought I'd let you know. You can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> You can find us on Twitter to give us any future episode suggestions at the Lore Podcast, and you can find us anywhere else where podcasts are mostly found. Mostly. All right. Special thanks to Beyonce for making this episode possible. Until next time, I'm Josh. And I'm Corbin. And this has been Lore You Can't Explore. Be. Be <laughs> <laughs>
like jazz. 